Hey bitches, welcome to the Girl Group Chat, a podcast where two sisters talk shit and solve the world's problems from two different hemispheres. This week's episode is called Hun Health because we are talking all things women interacting with the healthcare system. The good, the bad, and the fucking hilarious. Let's get into it. This is Anya. Anya is my sister. Anya lives in New Zealand and the most embarrassing thing about Anya is she is actually a qualified Zumba teacher. Uh, this, <laughs> this is Claire. Claire was served a healthy scoop of trauma as a child but mostly via dance classes that she never wanted to fucking go to. Claire lives in Ireland. She is also my sister. <laughs> No, that is a proper good con. So, so why why did we start making a podcast? Well, you fucked off out of country about ten years ago now. Left me and me fucking Toblerone to do all the mad guns that we live with. Um, and so ever since then we've been doing these like twice daily fucking phone calls on Facetime, um, and spending hours a day talking to each other and we just have a bit of crack and we're like you know what this is gas people would love to listen to us mm-hmm. so I don't know if we're narcissists or if we're really clever I'm all right with both it's both. <laughs> it's definitely both you know you have those great drunken conversations with friends and you're like we should be on a tv program like don't worry about the Kardashians follow the condoms but you know what the funny thing is, right? So since we came out and said that we were doing this, mm. so many people have said to me, oh my God, I want to come on your podcast. Oh my God, we, I, I've always wanted to start a podcast. People oh want to do this. People want to have these conversations, have a bit of a laugh mm. and for people to hear what they have to say. I've had loads of messages as well being like, oh my God, totally would have loved to do this if I had the balls. And when me and you first started talking about this, our you kind of verbalized a bit of a fear mm. around people who you went to school with 10 years later after leaving school hearing this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh God, can you imagine when it comes out? It's gonna be in all the girl group chats in Tala. And then I think we kind of just like tucked up by the hands. And we were like, we're going to actually nurture this. And it became then the girl out group chat. But the funny thing is, now I actually don't give a bollocks. And also, the people that I went to school with, the people that I did not expect, like, you know, the people that I thought would be, like, basically, like, ah, Jesus, you're a woman, blah, 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 have contacted me and been really nice about it. And they're like, I can't wait to listen to the Bleeding Podcast. You know? Definitely. Definitely. So fears aside, I think we're, I think this is going to be a bit crack. Yeah, fuck it. I don't give a bollocks on you. That's, that's kind of why we made the podcast. That's why it's called the Girlo Group Chat, um, which now I'm absolutely obsessed with the name. Mm. I, everything happens in the group chat. There is nothing that, you know, can be said without it end up in a group chat. I'm, I'm obsessed. You know what the funny thing is, though? So, like, my girls from home, um, the sleepover club as they are so famously known as mm-hmm. um, 
I'm really bad at like involving myself in that group chat like mm. I'm infamous in the group for just like being aloof and actually not engaging whatsoever with the group chat so I'm definitely going to get loads of abuse over this from them <laughs> and like you're in that fucking group chat and you're not even in this bleeding group chat <laughs> oh Unlike- fuck you bitches <laughs> this takes an an extreme amount of time so you definitely have time to text people back but you don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm no to be fair I'm just like a bad friend <laughs> so today we're talking about women and healthcare. uh we're doing this topic because we asked Claire's Instagram followers who fair play to you are so engaged mm, you got like yeah, 300 replies I can't absolutely fucking know so we asked Claire's Instagram followers, what should we do podcast stuff about? We got loads of messages, stuff about normal life, stuff about weight, stuff about living overseas. But we got an overwhelming amount of requests about pap smears. <laughs> What's this? This is a little thread that we have to pull. This is a fucking tampon string that I just want to tug on here. Hold on. <laughs> so <laughs> overwhelming amount of requests for pap smears. So. Got us thinking, right? Hun health. What the fuck is going on? What are the experiences of women with our healthcare systems? We know without asking people that it's shocking and shite, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So we had such an interest, not only because of that overwhelming response, but because me and you have a lot of either knowledge on your part or me fucking fear of the health system. So you're a nurse. Unfortunately, I hate yeah. doctors. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I so I actually never asked you this. Mm. What's so in regards to pap smears or like mm. a smear test, so cervical screening test? What's mm. your experience with them? I How's your smears been. Um. So the age to start getting your smears in New Zealand is different than when I was growing up. In Ireland, the age that it was. 25 in Ireland. 25 in Ireland, yeah. Okay, so it's still 25 in Ireland. It's like 21 here. And so I didn't know that, and I rocked up at 25. And the nurse <laughs> basically berated me for a good 10 minutes about how how reckless I was being because I hadn't been yet. And yes, I was like, oh, that. It's like the okay. fucking hairdressers. Jesus, like, fucking take a day off, will you? <laughs> So I felt like shit and I was like, oh, okay, instantly now I had a, I have a lot of anxiety about even just stepping foot into a doctor's office. Mm. If I have to go and visit somebody in hospital, I have to talk myself into it for days. <laughs> I have done hospital visits with you to see other people and it's definitely borderline entertaining. <laughs> like, the amount of unprovoked gags randomly, <laughs> like you're walking down the corridor at a hospital and you just hear, ah, ah. <laughs> and they look at me like yeah really try not to yeah they look at me like I'm the sick one they're like oh god look at that poor girl fucking blood drained out of her you know (laughs) color of that cunt and it's because I am terrified so so after I got told off for 20 minutes 10 minutes by this nurse um she eventually does my pop smear generally she was very disheveled like somebody had come in and battered the shite over before I came into the, into the office. Like the jacket was hanging off one shoulder. She was wearing like normal clothes, right? She wasn't wearing 
like scrubs or a uniform around and so she she had a matching matching jean jacket for her white jeans that she had on <laughs> and so I was like what's going on <laughs> what's going on in here she wasn't in our some crackhead just walked out the <laughs> exactly. street and assaulted you <laughs> well sure she fucking sent the sample off to the lab anyways who cares who she was <laughs> but so the jacket is hanging off one shoulder the t-shirt is all fucking ruffled up like and you know her like one side of her belly was out of the t-shirt and everything and I was like what's going on her hair was like somebody literally came into the office grabbed her by the ponytail and just started killing her just battering her and so I was like uh thinking that she was you know the receptionist's friend or something I was like right okay so you've told me off for 10 minutes about not having a smear ever in my life I don't know if I want one off you and so she told me to get undressed and just stand stood there and stared at me and I was like well you are you gonna yeah and so I know like that she was about to look at my tonsils through my fucking (laughs) vagina but still a bit of dignity you know like do you ever see that meme where it's like you're about to have your pap smear and you're folding your knickers up as tight as you can and shoving them in a pocket. God forbid that your nurse see them when she's about to root around inside you. <laughs> oh, Christ. So she Did just she... kept making eye contact with me and asking me questions and talking to me about my day. No. And awful, Claire. Absolutely awful. And so, yeah, I just felt... But really... also that is gas. To be fair, like, you were <laughs> violated because a crackhead just walks in <laughs> off the street. I gave you a pop smear. My smear is actually grand. My fucking yeah. one basically one of my pals did it though. Not which yet. is like, is it better? Is it is it worse though? I don't know. So like all my mates come to me for their smears. Um mm. and it doesn't bother me. I'm not like embarrassed or whatever. I'm like, yeah, grand. I'd I'd actually prefer to do it and for them to have like a non-traumatic experience and some fucking disheveled crackhead doing it, you know? Mm. Um <laughs> Yeah, we were just like kind of shooting the shit then. So like she was like asking me and at the time when I was having the smear test, I was doing my training for how to be a smear taker. Mm. Um, so I was like, yeah, yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no abnormal bleeding. La, 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 crown, crown. So I'm lying up there, you know, all the bits out, la, la, la. And we're just there kind of shooting the shit, you know, talking shop and all that bollocks. Um. And like, I didn't really care, you know, like I've had coils in, I've had gyny stuff. So I wasn't like embarrassed, you know? And I think mm-hmm. as well, when you're in that profession, like a vagina is just like an elbow, do you know? Yes. It's like the same fucking thing, you know? <laughs> like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you showed me a spot on your elbow and then showed me a spot on your gi, I wouldn't remember which was which, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care. But we're, if it's we were in the same. supermarket, like, you know, I'd be worried. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so we're like, so I was like lying there and then she's doing the smear and then it's you know that moment that like kind of worrying moment where it's like I'll just have to get the doctor and I no, was like oh, no, oh my god stop the doctor had a little route round was like that nah, feels all right gives a little look there had it a gander and was like yeah no it looks grand on you go happy days so I was like that's all right cool um but I, I wanted like a full description what that cervix looked like I was like tell mm. me like paint it like a Caravaggio fucking masterpiece oh. I don't know exactly what it looks like um but yeah I was going to HPV negative uh. so how's your week chap yeah it was good um I 
Kane was away this week. So that's my partner, my fiance. He was away this week. So I find it really hard to sleep on my own. And there's the fact that I just distract myself with TikToks because like mm. I have nobody to talk to. And so I fucking <laughs> was scrolling until mm. the stupid hour at night, um, which meant that I got no sleep. But my medication meant that that was fine. And I was still, <laughs> still able to power on through the day. No worries. Um, medications for ADHD for people who are wondering um bitch. so mine was good mine was good how was your week yeah my week was pretty shit um I had surgery so I spent a lot of the week immobile and in pain um but the upside of that is they gave me loads of morphine so that was a trip that's interesting yeah interesting in what kind of um, way well not really my buzz to be fair um but um interesting yeah just like a different state of being morphine um so like when I got so you know when you wake up from surgery and you're in like the recovery part I woke up in recovery and I was like in a lot of pain straight away Mm. but they're like really liberal in the recovery room with the medications she just kept whacking me every time I was like she just literally kept giving me IV morphine to the point there when she brought me down and I was like oh my god what the fuck is going on like I was so off my absolute rusher I didn't like it so yeah that was my week the serious surgery and loads of morphine sounds absolutely awful mm-hmm. so with that said should we get into some of these things that people sent us on Instagram yeah these are fucking gas first one here says uh, oh this is awful I, I hear this so much and I'm like why these brazen fucking nurses so it says nurse doing my smear told me I had the perfect vagina okay cool thanks I'll put that on my cv so oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. and this is actually perfect no. for next week's podcast as well but oh my god that is horrible I know oh. like what does that mean what does it mean would you be buzzing though? Would you walk out flipping your hair? Being like, mm. yeah. Well, I, I'm always looking for something to, uh, for two things, right? One, something to boost my confidence and two, attention. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop, I love attention. Absolutely adore it. Yeah. Right, this person, a one night stand. After their one night stand, they went to the GP on the Monday for an STI check good woman fair play to you get yourself checked lads but this poor cunt turned out the gp that she rode was the doctor that was doing the sti check fuck oh no (laughs) see i would have gone in i would have seen him i would have walked straight back out and straight on front of a car (laughs) don't know if i can say that but i've said it cancel me i dare you that is awful and i wonder was the gp offended being like do you think i'm fucking riddled or you would hope that they're just like a responsible human being and we're like yeah no we had we had sex and we didn't know each other that's cool yeah fair enough i don't know also people are fucking stupid so maybe not can i go through this one because it's my favorite yeah okay shit myself in hospital Tried to hide it by moving along a wall with my back against said wall. Made it to the bed, locked up the corridor, and there's just a skirting of shite from A to B along said wall. 
Denied it to the ground and blamed it on a confused old lady. Didn't give a fuck. Oh my god. Because I can just imagine, right? You know those little dresses, the gowns that they put you in in hospital? Oh, the way the arse of them is always the open. Yeah. Like, just imagine the little that. bomb. Like, and you must have been fucking out of it if you didn't mm-hmm. think that rubbing your bare arse against a wall was going to not (laughs) (laughs) was going to not leave a fucking little trail of shit just a little snail trail along behind you like oh my god you must have been absolutely out of your fucking bin like god bless oh what's next okay so this one is gas so I accidentally passed wind during a smear and the nurse went actually and lifted her leg and farted too (laughs) That's like solidarity with your fellow woman. Fair play. Yeah. You know, mm. oh God, you must feel terrible about that. You know what? Here you go. <laughs> Actually, hold on. I've been holding this in all day, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Right. As well as the, you know, the funny, we got some really, really fucking scary stuff through, right? Yes. Totally fucked up. Totally fucked up. And is probably actually the majority of what we got through and the majority of like our friends, people that we know, this is really what their experiences are like, right? Mm. So doctor told me I was anxious. Turned out I literally had cancer. Full on had cancer. Like, what the actual fuck? This is like, I would love to know the numbers of you know there's no way of getting it right but I'd love to know how many women are being turned away being told you're anxious you're worrying you know this that or the other and they actually have really serious illnesses and it either means time in hospital more time being sick death Mm. or you know years off their life infertility so many things what's what's the next one there because I'm going to start fucking punching somebody around went to A&E with severe endo pain locum doctor offered me omeprazole um which basically is um for heartburn so not great the um, endometrious heartburn yeah that's because your uh, your womb is in your heart <laughs> right just in case we weren't angry enough some more gaslighting for us here being told my renal artery stenosis was anxiety until I had brain, heart, and eye damage. So this story is actually really fucked up, right? I know this person. So this person went to get their pill script, okay, from their GP. And you know what I mean? They obviously check your blood pressure and they should not give you your pill if your blood pressure is high. Um, but basically her blood pressure was like insanely high, like 200 on 110 or something like literally like, all right, you're having a stroke, like you're all right there, you know? Um, and they're like, ah, it's just anxiety. It's just white coat syndrome. And they're giving her the pill. And then she kept coming back for her repeat script and her blood pressure was a crazy, crazy high. And it turned out, yeah, she had just um, basically a narrowing in the artery that supplies the uh, kidneys. And she had to like go and have a fucking stent put in and all. She like properly nearly died. Just because she was anxious. Jesus Christ. 
you know every single time I got a pill script renewed my blood pressure was high see that fucking pisses me off they were just always telling me oh yeah um that's uh yeah do you want to read the last one Okay, so after surgery was refused, tapped to the toilet and told, um, I wanted the surgery, so I had to help myself. It's not great, is it? No, I don't know. nurses are little pricks. I don't know what this surgery was that this person had, but what are you betting? It was for endometriosis. It was. It was for endometriosis. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted the surgery, as in I wanted to have some form of quality of life. So why are we going through these stories? But myself and Claire have had uh, lots of learnings from dealing with the medical system, either being a patient in the medical system or obviously Claire's wealth of knowledge from working inside the medical system. So we wanted to share some of that with y'all. So what's your experience been like then with the healthcare system as an adult? So because my experience as a child with the healthcare system was so awful, um, I'm super anxious, super, super anxious about interacting with doctors, being in a doctor's office, walking into a hospital. Oh my God, it freaks me the fuck out. And I've only actually, thankfully, touch wood, uh, been sick once really as an adult. Mm -hmm. But I I started getting really, really sick. Like, I mean, um, vomiting to the point of fainting um and having these pains in my stomach that were unbearable eventually when he finally examined me the only time that he touched me was where my womb is I was like no but you're not touching where the pain is and he's like "Mm -mm." because you're so nervous you probably wouldn't go through whatever treatment would have to happen to solve whatever this fucking problem is which we're not even going to try find out um so just live with it as soon as you are not keen on a provider of any fucking service, whether it's your healthcare or something else, leave, go and find yeah. a new GP. I know people who have seen doctors and often, more often than not, counselors for fucking years, even though they know mm. that that person isn't right for them. Just change. You have all the power. Change who you see. Mm-hmm. sure do you remember when I I was seeing that therapist um <laughs> it's so funny uh and I went to see her and she said some real fucked up shit to me and also side note she was really anti-gay as well oh. she was like proper like homophobic and stuff yeah and I was like red flag red flag red flag oh my um God. And I rang you and I was like, oh, like, it's not working out. I'm like, you know, she's really, uh, she said some like really unethical things. You know, I don't think that she's qualified. Um, so I'm only just going to see her another eight times. <laughs> you were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I actually nearly got on a flight home just to fucking punch the head off you. I'm just going to see her this another eight just times. charging me like 80 quid an hour or something. Yeah, I just gonna like I'll, I'll only go another eight times. You were like, no, <laughs> that's not happening. You're not going another eight times. Thank God, because I would have just kept going for another eight times yeah. just to like give her the chance. Even though like this woman literally bought her fucking psychotherapy degree off that crackhead nurse that did your smear <laughs> test. Like Jesus, I I had a I had a counselor years ago who I had a traumatic event 
somewhere and they kept trying to bring me physically back to that place and I was like there here's my boundary this is where it is yeah I will not do that and this bitch every single week next week we're going on you we're going (laughs) and I went back and I saw that cunt six times oh my god what was wrong with us so Claire tell us about your experience with the medical system (laughs) (laughs) here I'll bleed night (laughs) I hate the medical system (laughs) (gasps) oh my god like it keeps me employed fair enough you know but fuck my fuck my (laughs) might you know you're one on instagram fuck my (laughs) fucking out the healthcare system my not to be fair it's fucking shy um i yeah so like i've been like sick for the past year on and off with different um mysterious medical issues that i won't talk about um but yeah so like I had a mad experience last November where I had like a literal near-death experience um because uh I had like septicemia and was like properly fucking sick and the doctors literally were like she's just very anxious Mm. she's just mad anxious um so yeah I went in and basically I got like food poisoning um but got really really sick from it um which is to be fair like quite rare um mm. but went into a, a big Dublin hospital A&E department um and the very first thing that they said to me was so you're the nurse so automatically it was like I was painted with this brush you know because mm. nurses are notoriously shy patients to be fair like and yeah, we've all done it in the past where you've handed over being like my well, one's over there as a fucking primary school teacher you know that kind of shit mm. um but yeah so um I had like all of the barn door signs and symptoms of septicemia I was like acutely confused really high heart rate of like 150 I was having all these ECG changes so I was like having issues with my heart respiratory rate of like 45 temperature of 40 um blood pressure that was low like was like genuinely like acutely very like very very sick um and they they were like yeah she, you're just very anxious um, and they sent me home <laughs> and then I I came back in like 10 hours later um literally nearly dead and uh they were like hmm yeah she's still definitely anxious though you know like you're sick it's yeah still like, nurse. that's it yeah um and because I went in really kind of combative and the, like the first thing I said at the triage desk was I was inappropriately discharged yesterday now saying this through like gasps of air like clutching my chest with chest pain and to be fair like they did they brought me in straight away or whatever because I was so sick but even the doctor came in he's, he actually stood there um so they put me on like 15 liters of oxygen brought me into like the resource bay um hooked me up to all the machines or whatever and the the reg the A&E reg basically stood at the bottom of the bed did not physically look at me look at me just looked at the monitor my oxygen levels were 100% and he stood there and said um take her off that oxygen she's not tachypnic so like tachypnic means that your respiratory rate is high and you get that from sepsis she's not tachypnic she's hyperventilating because she's anxious get her a brown paper bag to breathe into what I was like 
Yeah. So I heard this and it, straight away in my head, I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to be the next to be a jalapenara. I'm going to fucking die here in this A&E because these cunts are fucking insanely bad at their job. I rang my partner uh, and I literally was like, yeah, um, like I'm really worried about the, the level of care that I'm getting here. Um, like I'm really scared that I'm going to die. Um, yeah, and he was like, oh, anyway, so he eventually my partner rang the, the department and was like, here, what's the story of your wall? Like, she's really sick. Um, and the doctor basically told him to fuck off and was like, here, there's nothing wrong with her. Um, and then the, the bloods, the other blood panels came back, the results, and they, your man came in with his tail between his fucking legs and was like, um, well, fair enough. Like, you know, your COP is 350. So like your inflammatory markers in your blood are really high to show that mm-hmm. you clearly have an infection. So they should be right. less than five and they're 350. They're like crazy high white cells and high neutrophils. Basically shows that your body is fighting an infection. But he still would not admit to me that I was sick. It was like, well, you know, could be viral, you know, we're still going to send you home. And I was like, not nah, chance. So they eventually admitted me for like two weeks. <laughs> I sound like a heart monitor for fucking four days out of work for like six weeks or something. It's awful. We had a moral of the story is fucking advocate for yourself. Because even though I was like half dead, I was completely confused. I still was in a position that I knew that that was wrong. I, I knew what was happening was wrong and I just kept fighting with them and fighting with them it's fucking exhausting mm. when you're literally like half dead having to to fight with people to literally try and keep you alive um but like if you're in a situation in a healthcare setting where you don't feel that you're getting appropriate care or if they want to send you home and you know and you don't feel that it's appropriate or that you're well enough or that you can cope at home just keep advocating for yourself keep fighting you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. The person who shouts the loudest will get heard. Like, it's so true. And people, mm. particularly women, that women don't want to speak up and they don't want to be seen as bitches or being annoying or crazy Karens. But it's so fucking important, you know, because God knows what could have happened that day if I had have just gone home again for the second time. Like, do you know? Well, unfortunately, we know what would have happened because it happened to a girl a couple of months after you were in hospital the same hospital Mm -hmm. sent a girl home who you know shouldn't have been sent home she had the same thing that you did the same reason Mm -hmm. sepsis and when she was readmitted the next day or a couple of hours later she died within a few hours Mm -hmm. yeah she went into cardiac arrest in the A&E department um she's like 21 or something and yeah same thing um and yeah it was all you're anxious blah 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 Mm. um and yeah she's dead now which is outrageous I I remember speaking to you after so before you went into A&E the first time and then when you were Mm. sent home and you were you were literally gray and you couldn't say two words together it was a gasp in between you were shaking like you we were so worried and so dad spoke to me and it's really hard to kind of determine how worried you should be when you're over here when you're so far away and I think because of the way that you speak because often like when you're talking about this stuff you're speaking in a different language than what I know right because you know 
like the back of your hand all of these medical terms and I'm just going oh okay okay and kind of trusting the information that you're giving me which Mm -hmm. is what would happen to patients in hospitals that aren't nurses or that aren't doctors right and so you're kind of telling me all this stuff and you're like yeah yeah like you know I'm really sick and you have this kind of matter of fact way of speaking about it and I remember I spoke to dad help with being the nurse Mm, of course so I remember dad being like no on you seriously and he would never you know blow anything yeah and I remember him being like I'm seriously worried and he was like he wasn't telling me so that he so that I would be worried he was telling me because he did not know what to do Mm. and I remember it's like one of the first time in my life that I've like seen dad quite emotional um and the worry in him I was like oh fuck like this is this is really not good and then I spoke to you every day while you were in the hospital and you had a you had a consultant come and see you after a few days and they said to you I'm glad that you're still here not that you're still in the hospital I'm glad that you're still here like you're still kicking about you're still alive because you were the most sick person I've seen in such a long time when I came in and saw you the other day she was like oh I thought you were gonna die fair play to you being alive it's fucking mad yeah, mad mad it's very strange see, see the thing like I was very confused through mm. most of it yeah. like I remember waking up in, in the on the ward mm. and I was like wearing one of those buttless hospital gowns <laughs> I'm kind of like trying to shuffle out of the bed and walk into the bathroom yeah. and looking in the mirror and being like how did I end up here did I like did I go on the session or something what the fuck is after happening yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not again like, <laughs> yeah oh no we did this again <laughs> dude where's my car but <laughs> <laughs> like so confused um but yeah no I'm definitely like acutely traumatized from that <laughs> oh, absolutely and we're we're laughing and we're you know saying dude where's my fucking car but you could have died you are very likely mm-hmm. to have you know gone into a really really serious situation if you had been sent mm. home again and you were sent home again because you're a woman yeah well I so I um I submitted um what's called a subject access request through the freedom of information act um so basically anyone who lives in Ireland that is um a piece of legislation basically where um you are entitled to your own information so I got the notes back and I didn't get them for months and then they arrived to the door and I read them and I was like holy fuck this is not in my head this is on fucking paper that Mm. these motherfuckers treat me so fucking poorly Mm. so the very first A&E admission right so my my GP as in one of my colleagues that I work with who is just the most divine woman I've ever met she sent me in to to any referral letter and she had written on all of my vital signs I could see then on the notes when I had requested them back that the fucking nurse made up my vital signs when I went into any so she basically yeah so she pretended that I wasn't as sick as I was so it was on it was on the notes in black and white that it was like me against them Mm. and that it was it was really combative so I was 
when I was up on the ward, they were so kind and they were so nice and the consultant was beautiful and the nurses were gorgeous and I was really well looked after. But there was one little fucker of a doctor on the team. He was the intern. And the intern came around and he, first of all, he didn't introduce himself, right? So I don't know if you're the consultant or if you're the fucking the porter that's after walking in or if you're the crackhead nurse that's done your spear, right? I don't know who you are. So walks in and he lean, folds his arms and leans against the wall, right? And this cunt is literally a doctor two months, right? <laughs> I have literally had two periods in the time that you have been qualified, right? And he stands there all cocky and he's like, yeah, so like, I believe he, you're worried about your heart, man. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he, he turns to me and goes, well, just describe yourself as anxious, Claire. Are you an anxious person? And I literally turned around and I was like, well, you are a terrible doctor and that is just really poor history taking that is not a clinical question and I just went off on him I was like you're a shit doctor don't ever ask someone like a question like that unless they're in for fucking psych issues you crazy person (laughs) all all the all the meanwhile I'm having all these ECG changes on my fucking daily ECGs and telemetry and now have a fucking heart condition so that like it, it was in my head basically that there was yeah, things yeah, going yeah. on with my heart yeah um but your man's standing there leaning against the wall going would you call yourself an anxious person clear I'm like come here to me now and I'll fucking headbutt you through that wall you little cunt he's signaling to you you're being looked at as just being fucking nuts mate nuts yeah crazy um and I'm on heart medication for the rest of my life Being somebody who has been on both sides of the fence, obviously Mm. the medical stuff that you've had going on with you the past year has been incredibly serious. And you've worked in all different types of wards, hospitals, other kind of medical facilities. What would you say to somebody who, you know, is a normal lay person, so doesn't know that, even the care that they're getting is shit or, you know, they're being talked out of questioning and arguing. What would you say to those people? What can they do? So I would say a really good kind of tool is for you to write things down during a consultation. And if you don't understand something, ask them. And Mm. if they say something to you, for example, are you anxious? Do you think that's because you're anxious? ask them what clinical relevance does that have to the issue like write mm-hmm. that down now on your fucking phone what clinical re- relevance does that have to my issue that. Mm. so that, that's like a really good tool that you can have in your belt um because it makes the, the doctor or the nurse think actually no there is no and like I have done this so that's the thing mm. right we're not and it's a cultural thing so like I 100% before all this has happened to me uh, was so guilty of doing the exact same thing of being mm. like oh your woman's above the bleeding walls in there do you know what I mean but really she's thyroid toxic and she's fucking trembling because she's she's literally like chemically imbalanced you know hormonally or whatever reason mm. but like 
so it's definitely a cultural thing and I think a lot of the times doctors and nurses and healthcare providers do it without realizing mm. so they're not doing it on purpose to be cunts they do it without realizing because it's a cop-out and it's fucking lazy they don't have to use their brains they just go yeah anxiety and it's it's and it's women as well so like when I was sick in a and I ran my partner who is a doctor and I said why is this happening and he said out straight it's because you're a young woman you're not a credible mm. source yeah you're not a credible source you're a young woman you're a fucking pain in the hole oh my god yeah Yeah. one of the one of the things that stands out to me that I really wanted to uh explore with you as well is that first nurse that faked your abs is that what it's called Mm. faked your um your vitals on those forms because she didn't you know shit rolls rolls downhill and she didn't want to get screamed Mm. at by whoever was going to come down all of those major cultural issues in hospitals globally across you know every fucking country all of that comes down to a gender issue Mm. it is because women are historically nurses men are historically doctors and so that position of power Mm. is used to create fucking ego maniacs that are allowed Mm. to carry on like this Mm. whether your doctor is is a a man or a woman because that position is such a a position of power and so ego Mm. crazy and because all of that culture is so fucked it Mm. just keeps creating the same problems with our doctors nurses medical issues all the same issues because the hierarchy because of the lack of respect well the hierarchy is is insane Mm. I don't and I I personally since I was a baby nurse in my student nurse uniform when I was fucking 18 years old I could never but just I think I'm like genetically anti-authoritative fucking (laughs) I'm just allergic in general absolutely bred into us (laughs) yeah yeah thanks dad Um, (laughs) but yeah so since day dot I have been really anti the hierarchy so like Mm. we so for example there was a manager um that um wanted to be called sister and I would never I'd call Mm. her by her first name because you're not a fucking nun get fucked do you know what I mean yeah or like my consultants now when I go see my all my separate consultants now I call them by their first name do you know and it's because I'm like I you are not god yeah I, I won't take part in that and I said this socially to a, a doctor you know in a, in a social activity outside the hospital that I call my consultant by their first name and he was horrified he was like <laughs> what and then he said his own first name like as if he was a patient he was like oh yeah if someone said to me you know Barry um get fucked I was like who the fuck do you actually think you are that you're so untouchable that you cannot be called by your first name do you know like fair enough like in some situations or whatever but it's that it's it's that hierarchy I think as well that causes so many issues like my consultant has no fucking issue about me calling them by their first name they introduce Mm. themselves by their first and surname so now I'm going to call you by your first name Mm. you know I I I had someone a while ago that you know said to me um it's professor la 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 to you and I said well it's matron Conlon to you then <laughs> you know get fucked I'm not fucking calling you that yeah I'd like to be called the queen of Sheba like what are you on about yeah do you know what I mean you can call me miss banana hammock if you want <laughs> you know bollocks 
And so, well, I think there, but I hate no, it's great. It's such bullshit. I fucking uh, now I know I signed an NDA, right? And I'm not allowed to talk about the man that I live with, right? I'm not. I've signed an. I I, I will be sealed, right? I will mm-hmm. be sealed. But I did hear a doctor on call, okay, in the middle of the night, and the phone was ringing. Yeah maybe maybe not who knows don't who sue knows? me hashtag please don't mm-hmm. sue me don't sue me and the fucking the, the phone ringing and the do you know I, I all i'll say is i wouldn't be ringing that gun to the middle of the night if i was yeah. the nurse or the doctor ringing him about a broken bone fuck me man and, and i'm like this punching him on the, on the side of the on yeah. the side of the hip being like be nicer be nicer yeah do you know, you know i Get i listened me. to i listened to a talk it was on a like a webcast yesterday in work and I'm not going to get the details right here because I didn't think about saying this on this podcast, right? But where like environments where psychological safety isn't the given, yeah. uh, how dangerous that is, right? So we there was conversation about doctors and nurses and stuff, but there was this conversation about pilots and airlines where there, again, I can't remember the detail, but there was an airline where a pilot was needing to refuel he didn't have enough fuel to be able to get to wherever he needed to go he was so afraid because of the hierarchy of telling the people in the little tower so afraid of telling them that he wasn't going to have enough fuel that he Mm. crashed the plane and 200 people died yeah, see, that's the same the shit that's happening in hospitals. The hierarchy, absolutely, and that's something that, that is used as this massive example. But actually, mm. there are people dying in hospitals every single day, as you say, because nurses are afraid so to ring doctors. Yeah, and but and as well that the junior doctors are scared to ring the fucking senior doctors. Of course, of course, yeah. It, it's all the same, and it's so fucking toxic. Like I and I was in a, a Dublin hospital there about two weeks ago, and I was waiting around all day, fucking having scans, all this bullshit. And um, I was sitting out for lunch, and there was a big group of interns, so they're all the the newest doctors that have just been born into this world. And they're all sitting together and there's about fucking, there's, there's a gaggle of them, right? A murder of interns, I prefer to use. But anyway, I love um, that. So there's a gaggle of interns all sitting there and they're all giving that fucking loads about this nurse, like openly, right? In the middle of the canteen, giving dogs abuse about this nurse and then they're all bitching about the nurses. And I just sitting there and I was like, I'm so glad I don't work in this environment anymore because mm. it's so fucking toxic. Like why are... Uh, but the nurses do it as well though I've seen that when the new interns come in and the nurses literally it's like fresh meat and the nurses are rubbing their hands together and they're licking their lips and they're going mm-hmm. oh yeah we can terrorize these poor little cunts because they don't know any better yeah do you know it's just part of a big system of super fucked up like yeah toxic. Like, I'm so oh. glad that I don't work in that environment anymore because it like when I worked in hospitals so I worked in hospitals all in all for seven years maybe and fuck me that would that would take years off you yeah that would take years off you like the toxicity is profound so I think that's some some really good advice okay so you know say your experiences out loud to people who you can have these good conversations with if you need to check in with somebody especially to make sure that you're 
like was my experience crazy as crazy as I think it was was my experience as awful as I think it was because often it's just in conversation months later and that's when you figure it out because you tell it on a podcast and your sister absolutely has a panic attack um <laughs> because a crackhead did your pap smear um <laughs> so do that change providers change your counselor change your doctors like get up and go to a different fucking hospital get different opinions advocate for yourself uh be loud be noisy don't be afraid to be the you know inverted commas uh karen uh or be perceived as being annoying because the alternative is that you die mm. and you die or you're in pain for your you know years or you don't mm-hmm. um you know your fertility ends up being fucked up because yeah. your endometriosis doesn't get fucking diagnosed or whatever you know your cysts or any of that womanly womanly stuff um your mental health is affected yeah I think a big one as well would be all of that pushing is going to take labor right mm-hmm. you changing doctors having these conversations with your friends advocating for yourself um, endometriosis comes to mind you know an average of nine years it takes somebody to be diagnosed with endometriosis an incredibly nice. common common thing for women to go through or people with mm. wombs to go through um one in ten one in ten that's incredible one in ten yeah nine 100%. years it takes to get diagnosed the amount of pain and yeah. suffering that people have to go through before they are believed mm-hmm and oftentimes it's they're trying to get pregnant and they can't get pregnant and then all of a sudden it's like wait what's going on here let's investigate it oh yeah I think because of all of that labor that goes into that emotional physical time all of that labor same as everything find your people find other people who are going through this literally it's not going to depress you if you know that you have endometriosis and you join a fucking Facebook group about people with endometriosis it's not going to bring you down we're not a fucking oh good vibes only you know that's Mm -hmm. all bullshit find people who have gotten you know their stuff done quickly have um had experiences like you and you can learn from them find the people that you need to talk to because that labor is going to be so difficult for you and the help from your sisterhood is one of the things that will make it a little bit easier to get through I have some Um, really good practical advice oh tell me so this um some may find controversial Mm -hmm. I don't care I know this um to be really good advice get health insurance end off like not even up for discussion you can get insurance like really basic level for 40 quid a month fucking ring the vhi ring leah whoever it is get health insurance because it it is a two-tiered system now in ireland the way waiting lists are and access to scans and everything is insane um for the public system so if like and i know yeah some people just cannot afford it but most people can afford 40 quid a month if you can buy a box of fags on a night out or you know a coffee every morning you can spend it on the health insurance super controversial because it's it's a really touchy subject because people Mm. obviously feel like it's a fucking disgrace and it's two-tiered and it's yeah 
but that's just the way it is that's the way it is and with all the slander care stuff coming in now I'm not even going to go into it but just take my word for it there is definitely I think going to be even more of a push um for people um going into the private sector if you need to have a scan tomorrow if you have a lump or whatever and the doctor says oh you might be a year and a half waiting on that if you have health <gasps> insurance you can get a scan the next week do you know just get health insurance that is sound practical advice from mm. uh, a patient and a healthcare provider mm. who is not fucking loaded so yeah. do it so we want to know what you think all of the huns need to send their tips for the fucked up healthcare system to the email address that claire knows the girl group chat at gmail.com or our instagram page which at the time of recording this wasn't yet created but will be created and will be in the show notes when you listen to this or send them to either of our Instagram pages that will be in the show notes as well. We want to know what you think the girls need to know in the group chat for dealing with this fucked up system. So every week we are going to put someone or something in the bin. So basically me and Anya will be chatting away and uh, if we don't like something, it's in the fucking bin. Um, so for example um the people that i'm in their house now they don't hoover their stairs they both need to get in the bin (laughs) so who are you putting in the bin this week bitch so this week i am putting (laughs) it's very relevant because i've gone back to the office right i've also lost a bunch of weight since the last time that i was in the office now that's a that's a different fucking podcast right but i am putting people who ask you are you pregnant in the fucking bin I get asked this by one person in particular (laughs) actually by two people in particular to be fair I get asked this by people all the time in work I'm of a certain age and I'm about to get married and people I don't know fuck me you have lunch or you ate an apple that was bigger than a fucking baby's fist you have a little poku, right? You have a little belly. Who cares? Nobody cares. But some people do. Some people are like, oh my God, Anya is with child. We must point it out. Most irritating they, thing that's happened to me. They not know that you're um, celibate before marriage though. Absolutely. Why, why don't they understand that? Also, those people don't listen to the next podcast. But <laughs> people say it to me all the time. And, and I've said to people, especially people who have said it to me multiple times um, that it's rude and they don't understand. I was about to sit down in the nail salon with my mother-in-law a couple of months ago. And the woman who was about to do my mother-in-law's nails said, no, 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 you can't sit in that massage chair if you're pregnant to me, well, about me and to my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law looked at me and started fucking pissing herself. And I'm just sitting there in my, I don't know, obviously pants that were too tight mm. like uh I'm not pregnant but thank you literally if you can see the head coming out don't even still say don't that. ask a woman I could be delivering pregnant. your baby and I still wouldn't ask if you're pregnant 100%. there's a woman in there's a woman in work I don't actually say anything oh so God. now the nine months is over basically that woman thinks that I have about six kids at home <laughs> like I couldn't I didn't have the heart to say it to her because it's like who's going to be more embarrassed now when I say this so yeah I I actually um have been with the child many times in that woman's mm. eyes 
And because you're off sick, does she reckon that you're off on maternity? That's, yeah, I, I, I think that as well. I think that she probably reckons that I've um I've gone on mat leave. She'd be I'll have to have a picture of a fake baby and I'll to show her when I go back. I can't say I definitely need to. Oh my block God. of hair and well, all I'll have. Those people are going in the fucking bin. Who's going in the bin for you? Oh Jesus. Thirst trap men on TikTok. Get in the fucking bin, I swear to God. See when you're scrolling through TikTok, right? And it's like this big guy and he's he's wearing like real geeky clothes and then it's like the drop and then all of a sudden he's like in this dark sexy room with no clothes on and he's singing into the into the camera get in the bin get in that bin oh Claire I actually could not cringe any harder it makes me feel ill who is attracted to it I don't know every single one that I speak to is like they're all about 17 as well no I can't do do you ever see your man who um who cooks but he'll he cooks like shirtless. <gasps> and he spits on the food. And he spits. Why? Front heat. I actually mm. and he's like slapping the bread and all. Yeah. Oh my god. It actually makes me feel so unwell. I've posted him yeah. many a time being like, can somebody tell me the if book. they find this attractive? See the way he gropes like a ball of dough and then he yeah. spits. He's no. slapping it and spitting Fuck it off. off. Right, lads. That's it from us. Thanks everyone for listening. Give us a little text. Give us a like and a follow on Instagram. Anya has a gas TikTok. Go and fucking follow that mad bitch. Um, and yeah, give us an L email at thegirlogroupchat at gmail.com. Tell us all your goss. Bitch about people. Tell us your secrets. We'd love to hear it. Bye.